Hello, all you trauma warriors and trauma advocates. Thank you for being here, for being a part of the Healing Place podcast and tuning in to these inspirational interviews. Uh, just a reminder before the show starts to visit academy.terrywellbrock.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-Y dot Terry, T-E-R-I, Wellbrock, W-E-L-L-B, R-O-C-K dot com. There you'll find my courses and coaching. And uh, I have a one day trauma warrior course. It's priced at $29. So great investment in yourself, lots of healing strategies and uh, um, yeah, some challenges in there as well. So an introduction to my to my 30 day be your own hero course. So anyway, just wanted to Again, thank you for being here and uh, remind you to go check that out. You can also sign up for my Hope for Healing monthly newsletter on my website at terrywellbrock.com when the pop-up pops up uh, or up in the right-hand corner is uh, subscribe and you can just go in there and put your email and uh, promise no spam. I will just send you my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter with more inspiration. All right. Well, now for the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and so excited to have with me today Nate Rifkin, and he is an author of The Standing Meditation, which I just was looking at reviews on Amazon, and it's awesome, and I love it that he's getting such positive feedback, but he's also studying uh, to become a priest in, is it Taoism, correct? It and is. working on uh, a doctorate degree. Yes. Yep, yep. Oh, my gosh. It's so exciting. And so, I'm yeah. Busy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's awesome how those of us who have overcome so much, then once we're on that path, we can just do it, take on all that busy um, in order to shine a light. So I'm, I'm welcoming you, um, yeah, with an open heart and so glad you're here to share your insights. Well, thank you, Terry. I'm, I'm honored to be here and I'm, I'm definitely excited. It's going to be fun. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So tell the audience a little bit about who you are and how you, how you've gotten to this point. Sure. Yeah. How, well, how I got here is definitely it starts starts in a dark way, but um, spoiler alert, it gets better. Um, but I I grew up, or I was, I was born into and grew up in a very um, emotionally shut down family. I'm glad you welcomed me with an open heart because you know where I came from, closed hearts, totally closed hearts, um, and I didn't know that that was unusual or that was bad. It was just what I was introduced to when I was born. Uh, so I, I had a very absent father. Um, you know, he'd like, he'd work and come home and like flip on some classical music and he would like be in his zone. Uh, he, he just did not really want children. And he made a point of not participating in raising children, um, which I didn't, again, it was just what I knew, but it was, it was ultimately a very painful thing. And my mother was a very like angry, hostile woman. So, so this, this was my, this is my input for the first, like however many years of my life. So I got, I, I became a very angry, depressed, like socially awkward child myself. And as I got older, I got more depressed. And when I got to high school, I started thinking, okay, well, maybe once I go to college, I'll feel better because I'll be around new people and I can reinvent myself. You know, no one will know me. Um, I, I went to college. I went to UMass Amherst. Uh, I grew up in Massachusetts. Huge school, like 18,000 kids wow, lived yeah. on campus. Yeah, it's, it's like the size of a, and it's very spread out. So it's like the size of a town, like Rolling Hills. It's, it's pretty, 
I mean, except for the architecture, but it's, it's pretty. Um, and on the first day, I realized how wrong I was about being able to start over because I was still the same kind of shy, awkward and depressed person. So it was just a, it was just a, a different environment, but the same emotional pain. But my one sort of ray of light at the time was that I loved uh, lifting weights. I loved working out at the gym and I had ambitions to be an entrepreneur of some sort. I didn't know what, but it was just, that was kind of calling to me. So I, I was th figuring out how to kind of meld the two together. And I hated college so much. My I didn't care about my grades and they, they were plummeting and I wasn't having fun. Like everyone else seemed to be happier but me. So I started thinking I'm paying to be here and I'm miserable. And I don't think anyone's gonna bug me to look at my diploma if I go into business for myself. So I decided to drop out. Um, it happened in my third semester. Um, and in fact, I, I was walking to a, a test one day and the door was locked and I realized I had no idea where this test was taking place. So I just, right then there, I decided to drop out. I, I did actually start my own business um, working together with my brother. Uh, he, he was an expert on yoga and I figured I'd handle all the business side of things and we would make like DVDs and self-publish. And we had some hit or miss success, but I was using my personal credit to like fund the business and we, the misses started to add up. So I started to go deeper and deeper into debt. And I, it was scary. I was really, really scared. I didn't have any like knowledge of business fundamentals. And I was also just a depressed, lonely guy. Like I was just, I just hated myself. I just, I was, I lived alone hard, hard. I was making some friends that would actually later turn out to be a couple of really good friends. But at the time it, I was just watching TV or working on my business in front of my computer. And I was, I was alone. And I was, I, I kind of like was holding my happiness hostage where I wanted to achieve a certain level of success. Um, and I was going to just doggedly work and be miserable until then. But the trouble was I was sinking, you know, further from that success. So I started thinking about um, uh, killing myself and it's just awful. And here's the crazy part. I was super into self-help, like goal setting, like visualization, all kinds of like, you know, westernized self-help. I was really working at, and it wasn't helping me at all. Like something was, if it works for other people, great. But for me, it was, it was making me feel miserable. So I started blaming myself. And eventually I started feeling really betrayed because this, these are things where I'd, I'd buy all the, the right books, take, take some coaching from someone, everything you could think of. And I felt worse. And my life was getting worse. So I, I actually started drinking alcohol every morning where I'd pour myself a couple of shots of vodka and mix it with like an energy drink. And that was my breakfast. Um, and that was like my way of stumbling through the day in a buzzed sort of uh, uh, not quite lucid state just to feel okay. Um, and I didn't care. At that point, I was just like, if none of the self-help stuff is working, um, then why not just drink alcohol every morning? What, what does anything matter? So that was kind of like, uh, I was in my almost mid twenties at that point. That was kind of like my, uh, it wasn't quite a rock bottom moment. It was like a rock bottom <laughs> valley, <laughs> a long stretch of rock bottom hood. So that's, yeah, that, that was my low point. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and I, and I was right there with you because, uh, 
it's when you reach that point of just feeling so low, it's like, what does it even matter? I'll just, yeah, I'll just yeah. numb it and um, then I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. So I get, I really get people who have, some people are, will like judge others who's like, he, you know, he's in that state of life and, and he's choosing to drink a beer or go buy a beer. And I'm thinking, I kind of get it. I mean, I know that uh, there's better way, but I, I get that. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, my mom, and again, I talk about it so often on the show, she's 85 and celebrating two years sober this month. So she quit drinking at 83. And that was a big part of my childhood trauma was her addiction uh, to vodka. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and, she, but now that I understand trauma and she's done her, she started to do her healing work on her childhood trauma. I understand now, like, like what you're saying, I can understand why she was self-medicating and trying to make that pain go away because she had never really dealt with it. And yeah. Um, yeah. And if you aren't equipped and you haven't been taught how, or that it's even happened to you, like you said, that was just your normal. So right. you didn't know better. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know better. And everything I had learned up until that point was your past doesn't matter. You know, that's kind of a lot of it. Well, a lot of it and all that I learned was like your past doesn't matter. You could if if you just like do this, do this and do this, you'll you'll eventually be successful and you'll be OK. But I, I found it's like it's like trying to um, put a put a good topping on like a meal that's basically just been like wrecked or has a, had a bunch of flies land on it or something. You can't add to it. You have to resolve the problem from the, you know, that started in the beginning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's a great analogy. Yeah, for sure. So how did you end up finding your way on the path you're on now? Well, I, uh, a, a really good thing happened. Um, I was, I was studying a lot of business and marketing at the time. And one of my teachers, um, was into a spiritual tradition called Taoism. And, uh, he, he was also into teaching self-help. His audience is really into that. And, you know, me included. So he decided to start teaching more of the esoteric, like mystical stuff he was doing, the more spiritual stuff he was doing. Um, and when he did, something about it really caught my attention. Um, I think number one, because everything else I tried had failed. So I wanted to, you know, I want to like veer in a completely different direction. And it just sounded really cool. I mean, you know, the idea from Taoism, like that, you know, ancient masters of this art would become really attuned to energy and sensitive to it and would, you know, meditate on caves or mountaintops and become enlightened. I'm like, that sounds really cool. Um, so it, it appealed to my ego from that sense, which is great. But I was excited by it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is like the secret stuff. This is neat. This is like, it makes, it makes me feel special, which is great. Fine. Whatever it takes to, you know, get me, get me uh, enrolled in it. Um, so he taught me a meditation that's actually done in a, in a standing position. So what I, when I first tried it and it's, it's, it's done with kind of your knees unlocked a little bit and your, your hips tucked, like you're sitting on a really high bar stool and your hands are held up like you're hugging a tree. And when I started this, it really was uh, tough, it really taxed my muscles. And I thought I was in somewhat good shape. Uh, so I, I was like, oh boy, all right, all right, I'll start doing this and I'll just do 60 seconds. And then what I'll do is I'll add five seconds every time I do it. So tomorrow I'll do 65, the day after I'll do 70. Because my reasoning was, 
it's a little bit enough that my body will get used to it. Like, right. do I really know? Yeah. Do I really know the difference between 65 and 70 seconds? Probably not. Um, but over time I'll get like way stronger. Uh, so I did. And I, I just kind of fell backwards into discovering a really good way to like improve the habits of your life. Because what I would do is I'd get up whether it's in the morning or not, because I was, yeah, I was in a pretty lousy state at the time. So I could be waking up at one in the afternoon, but I'd get up, I'd go, you know, take a shower, brush my teeth and all that. And then I would do this meditation, like however much time I was slated for that day, like 70 seconds. Woo. And then right after that, of course, boom, I'd go drink. Like, why not? I was still doing that. So what happened was over time, I was, I, I started to feel a bit of a buzz because, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm holding this position, which taxes my muscles. So of course I'm going to get like a cool, like, um, uh, like pleasure hormone, you know, response from just the effort of it. And at the same time, I am doing, you know, some meditative principles and breathing deeply. I'm trying to quiet my mind. And so I'd feel a bit of a buzz, which is subtle, but at the same time, it was like life-changing because, Hey, this is actually working like as advertised, I'm actually right. feeling good. What, what's up? It was, so I was like, I'm making mental notes. I'm like, this is kind of, all right, this is kind of cool. But my life's still a train wreck, but hey, this is kind of cool. So eventually though, what would happen is the buzz I'd feel from this meditation started to catch up to the same buzz I would get from drinking the vodka and the energy drink. Um, and eventually it matched it. I mean, I, I would meditate and then I'd go take a drink and my I, I wouldn't feel any better. I just felt kind of drunk. And I thought, isn't that interesting? I wonder what'll happen if I keep going. So within a day or two, I, I, I did the meditation. I was feeling good. I took a drink and I actually felt a little bit worse. Now the, the alcohol and the buzz hadn't changed. What had changed was I was feeling good enough that the place that that vodka in the morning brought me to was worse than what I was starting to get used to. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And this is just, it's just my story. I'm not saying this is like the go-to for anyone who wants to quit drinking. And I'm not, I not, I didn't necessarily quit cold turkey forever. Um, I stopped drinking in the morning because it just didn't feel good. I'll, I'll still, I'll still have a drink in the evening. And I found I'm, I'm not that type that needs to just stay away from it. But it was a measure for me of what was going on. And then as, as more time went on, um, people started to notice a difference in me. Just, I, I would get a couple of comments, but that was enough because, you know, I, my rational mind is just like, Hey, wait a minute. If other people are commenting on a difference, this is more than just your head. And I was so sick of all that self-help stuff where it's all just playing mind games with yourself. This is real results. So I, I, and I remember like a few months after doing this practice, I worked my way up to like eight to 10 minutes and I kept going. Um, I, I did it. And, and, and one evening I felt like, I remember this, I was, in, I was living in Boulder, Colorado at the time I was living in a condo and it was a very quiet night. I think it was springtime and it was almost midnight. And I started doing this meditation and I, my body felt like I was a light bulb. I'd lit up and I could almost, uh, my eyes are closed. I could see it in like in my mind's eye that I was like glowing and it, it, felt really cool. I didn't have the language at the time, but what I was going through was kind of like an energetic sort of breakthrough. It was like a mini upgrade. Something had just really gotten dislodged. All I knew is that this was really cool. And I sat down and I thought to myself, I'm going to dedicate my life to this because nothing else has worked for me. Nothing. 
So I might as well just dedicate my life to this. And that was about, I, I had a lot of challenges from there, but that was about uh, 14, 14 years ago, roughly. Um, and and uh, that is how I started to change my my inner life, turn my inner life around. Oh my gosh, just so beautiful. And again, I love it how many people who then have these types of experiences, not similar to yours, but in other lights, uh, that then make that decision that this has changed my life and impacted me on such a powerful soul level that, um, yeah, I, I need to share it with others and guide others towards this. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Wonderful. So one of the things that I had said when I was looking over your bio and, and so forth was uh, one of the questions that you have is talk about surrender. Um, I had such a crazy, powerful experience with that nine days ago um, in the midst of trying to come to terms with this health crisis that I was have been battling with. Um, so yeah, can you touch upon that subject? I mean, really, it sounds like that's kind of what you did in a slow motion way. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good way of putting it, actually. It's a perfect way of putting it because I, I was kind of forced into it. Um, I think I was, no, maybe forced. Yeah, forced. I was forced into it. I was forced into it. I was led into it. I think the spirit one was just like, okay, this guy like needs to get it and he's not getting it. So we're going to helpfully arrange things. So he <laughs> has to get it. And they tend to do that. Um, so I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you a couple of stories. So part of the idea of surrender for me, I'll, I'll set the, I'll set the, the frame for it first is that a lot of people, I think, have a, a problem with surrender because it's it's a it's a subtle concept, and it's not like it's put out there and taught like, oh, okay, here's here's how surrender really works. So I think a lot of people when they hear that they think giving up, they, or they think just being slothful or sitting and watching TV. It's like, oh, just just surrender to it. And also, even if they don't think that, they think, oh, where does that leave me? Okay, th thanks, surrender. Okay, yeah, great. It's just a word. So the the experience of surrender is not necessarily giving up. It's you're still attempting to grow and thrive the way that you, that you think and feel is best for you. But what you do is you're surrendering what is going to be the best outcome for you and you and you're surrendering how it's going to be delivered it's like the way i like to put it is like you're surrendering on the specifics actually i don't know if that's the way i i have always put it i just put it that way now so i, I love it it and sounds good perfect yeah i have to good thing is to record it so you're surrendering <laughs> to the specifics but i use you know because i used to be that way i used to, like when i set a goal and this is even like taught i mean i don't mean to like be hurtful and like offended if anyone teaches this sort of thing. But I mean, this is Todd. It's like you have to like the more specific you are and the better in your goals. It's like what I've never had any success with that. I, I had success with the opposite, you know, because I used to be like I want this, you know, or this income, or I want to meet this special person, and you know, I want to be like this. I want to happen this way, and I, you know, I'll even write a time by that I'm going to achieve it by. And it never worked. What worked was doing the opposite where I, I, I guide myself to something, 
but I, I surrender, hey, it's going to happen this way. I surrender, hey, it's going to happen at this time. Or I surrender, hey, it's going to happen with, with these people, with this group of people. And what happens is by surrendering that, paradoxically, instead of like losing out on something, you're opening yourself up into the way that was actually meant to be delivered to you. Um, so, and that, and that requires, it's not giving up on what you're doing. It's, it's giving up on your ego's demands. Yeah. Um, so I'll, t- I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, I, I don't mean to steal my wife's thunder, but I, I'm sure she wouldn't mind if I told the story for her. Um, for uh, a year, like over a year, she had tremendous pain in her shoulder um, and arm. It was like nerve pain that would shoot downward. And it was excruciating. And we couldn't quite figure out what was going on. So she, you know, did physical therapy stuff. She got whatever scans. She worked with more than one chiropractor. I mean, you name it, just all kinds of stuff. Um, And it it was very frustrating. And she was kind of wondering if this was actually a a chronic injury where she'd just have to live with it, which, I mean, sometimes that's just the case. You you just have something. It's, 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 you know, it's on the to-do list for your lifetime. That's just how it is. Um, So uh, one day she decided to just uh, pray on it, Uh, just pray to God about it. And what happened was she got an answer where the answer was number one, um, you're, you're going through life in a, in a kind of a defensive posture, which is physically represented by jutting your shoulder out there, you know, almost like you're blocking. Um, and this is an example that this is being recorded live because I'm blanking on what the second lesson was. Oh, it's all good. Well, good, it was her it. lesson, not mine. So that's, that's a good point. I, I, yeah, but anyway, so what happened after that was actually her pain was relieved by like 90%. So she, this was an act of surrender where she was just like, okay, God, please, please tell me. Um, now, the, you know, I love, I really love stories like that. I'm not saying that's going to happen for everyone. It was just the case is, it's just, um, an example of how after a, a year and a half of dealing with this in, inexplicable pain, um, she's able to find a lot of relief. And I think she still, I mean, she still needed to, oh yeah. The, and the other lesson of course was actually to not be complacent in the face of challenges because the pain did spur her to start working out and looking at like inflammation in her diet and all kinds of other stuff, which she kept. So it was, it was interesting how it spurred her on this journey of even greater health. And she kept all the, the new stuff she learned. So, but anyway, so the reason I tell that story is because it's this, the concept of surrender is so crucial, but it's subtle in how you're doing it because it's not giving up. Um, It's, 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 it's giving up what is outside your control and giving up on what uh, your addictive demands are. Yes. Oh, I love just so much about that one, because one of the things you said is um, uh, not like letting go. The surrender is more of the details of how it's going to come about instead of the specific letting go of the specifics. And I love that because yeah, it's so true in that once we, sometimes we don't know what's best for us. And so what yeah. we're, what we, what we're almost like demanding, praying for, asking for whatever it is, 
we think it should go this way when in reality it's this way it may be a longer road but then when we get down to the end of it we're like oh i now see why i needed it that way <laughs> yeah 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 ex- exactly yeah. i mean it reminds me of how even after i started really turning my life around in relief meditation i was still really really frustrated because i was wanting my outer life to turn around just as quickly um and a mentor i I remember I, I later I was working a job unloading trucks and it was brutally hard labor. And I remember just like seething with rage at like during one of my work shifts because, you know, I'm, I'm learning from someone actually amazing teachers names, Peter Ragnar. And, you know, he was talking about uh, get, you know, uh, getting more like good fortune in your life. And I, I wrote him an email. I said, you know, I'm doing everything you teach. Like I really am working on the inner stuff. So what is up? Yeah. So um, and he actually is very patient with me, and he gave me answers, which which was think of your outer life like an ocean liner turning around. It takes miles to actually turn around in the ocean because it's just so big and has so much momentum, but it still can't. So his you know it's just his artful way of saying yeah yeah you're doing all the right stuff, but you know it'll come (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I'm thinking about as we discuss this, and thank you for, yes, that beautiful explanation of surrender. Um, so Taoism in, in this work you're doing, is it is it really about energy? Because I'm such a huge fan and I'm learning so much about energy and energy work and um, just the power of it. Well, we are made of energy. I just had a yeah. conversation last night Um, we live on Hilton Head Island. And so it's a big summer tourist attraction. Well, we love it because so many of our friends and family visit here. Well, someone that I graduated high school with had reached out and said, hey, we're on vacation here. We'd love to see you. And so I met him at the ice cream shop with his daughter. Uh, Hadn't seen him, you know, in years. And we had this whole chat about energy. And so I just love it that it's coming more and more um, a conversation piece for people to start to say, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it is cool. So we still have to, at least, I, at least I still feel like I have to do a bit of like, all right, let me check in. Although <laughs> that's just my feeling. I I know some people that they just don't care. They're, they're just bland. Let the other person like if they if they right. they're not into it, fine, get out of here. <laughs> so, right. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so Taoists, um, what they what they came to discover is that everything has three bodies. So we'll just take humans, for example, as the most applicable. Um, We have a physical body, we have an energy body, and we have a spirit body. And the energy body acts as, one of the things it does is it acts uh, as a bridge between the spirit body and the physical body. Um, Now, I I used to, and and I've had some introduction to this kind of stuff many, many years ago. And I was just like, oh, prove it to me. Just, you know, if, if, if it's if this stuff is legit, why is it so marginalized? Um, but it's, it's actually, like you mentioned, you know, that we're made of energy. Uh, some, some preliminary science really is coming out and showing, no, actually a lot of this ancient wisdom really is true. It's just really subtle. And if someone's perceptions are super shut down, like mine was, it's not going to be observed or it's not going to be felt but that doesn't make it any less real. And just because it's subtle doesn't make it any less real. Um, So what was happening 
when I started doing a daily uh, meditative practice was I was working directly with my energy body. And this is my first time really doing so in a healthy way. Cause I really, I looking back, I'm like, Oh, all of the self-help stuff I did before was just looping and looping thoughts in my head. So I was just circulating this yucky, like trauma filled, pain filled, unhelpful energy in my head faster. <laughs> so no wonder it didn't work. No matter, you know, even if I tried harder, um, it wasn't until I stepped off that hamster wheel that I actually started to get results. So I, I think what happens is a lot of people out there, um, since we have those three bodies, a lot of people, if they do a physical activity, um, because all three bodies are interrelated, they will positively affect all three bodies. And, and that is their way of healing and working with energy. That's for them. Other people, it could be done through journaling or prayer or even working directly with their thoughts because, again, all three bodies are related. But we're all different. And some people, like me, you have to work, you have to start by working with the energy and that'll affect everything else. Um, and I, I got no results until I, until I started doing that. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so I hope that answers. Yeah, for sure. And I love it that you brought up that that very valid point in that we're all on our own healing journey. We're all different. There's not a cookie cutter solution. And so uh, that's why I'm a huge fan of building a huge toolbox that has all of these different components because at least try something, at least look at it. And because it may be the thing like with you that jives with you. Yeah. yeah. And you ha- and it goes back to surrender because you have to you have to have the the interest and the curiosity and the and the faith that something is going to resonate with you, but also surrender to what that necessarily is. Um, because because if you don't, I mean it's it could be really rough because you that's when you start like really wanting something to work. And then when it doesn't, you flip all the way to the under other end of the scale and you're so like frustrated and disappointed. But if you have that surrendered um attitude, it's now it's like, oh, let me try this. It's like trying different food. Let me try this. There's still effort involved, but you're gonna. It's gonna be a much more worthwhile and kind of a emotionally pleasant process, yeah. you know, to 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 try new things and see what works. Right, and I like that idea of surrendering to it will come to me. Like what's meant to be, it will. The universe will keep bringing it back around. Um, yeah, I tell God all the time, I need the big neon sign if you want me to see because I need like Terry. <laughs> Yeah. Pay attention this way. Turn this way. <laughs> no, that's cool. And yeah, they'll do it too. It's like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Okay, oh, we'll that was, bust out the sign. After we're done recording, I'll tell you my powerful crazy, because I, I think I've already shared it twice in two other interviews. So the okay, audience yeah. will probably be like, oh, we've already heard this, Terry, about the dolphin. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love stuff like that. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about? Um. I, I would actually, yeah, I would like to tell one more story because um, I think another big roadblock that people come up against, which I which I certainly did, which was when you get involved in really working on your inner self um, and working with your energy, the thing is, there's you still have to, um, let me put it this way, it's not a hall pass to get out of the other struggles of life. It'll help you with that, but it's not an escape from it. So, and and the story I'll tell surrounding that is 
when I started doing a daily like meditative practice that really resonated with me, I was still in debt. Um, and what happened was my life actually became more, it's out from me, from me, from an outsider looking in, my life seemed to get more chaotic and more challenging. I had a, I had a business relationship with two partners that imploded. Um, all my income dried up. And I actually, I was like, oh, oh boy, what am I going to do? And I, I realized I need to get a job. And I got a job spinning signs on the street corner. And my reasoning was I wanted to get something that was like pretty mentally simple. And even if it was challenging physically, I, I could listen to audiobooks all day and do it and then go home and still work on my business. So I did that. I actually, I got a job as a, as a sign spinner on the street corner. And I also went through a bankruptcy. So the, so the reason I love telling this is like, this was not before I started turning my inner life around. This was a little bit after because the, the, what seemed like such a disaster was still me growing because I ended up and I started at like 10 bucks an hour and I, I moved into the cheapest condo I could find. I cut out all expenses. Like there's a five-year gap. I have no idea what movies came out. Like, I just don't know. I, I, I got rid of my TV. Um, and I, it was actually the happiest I'd ever been because I was finally resolving a lot of inner pain and a lot of um, inner emotional blockages. And that to, I discovered that was actually a lot more fun and a lot more pleasant. And I slept a lot better at night than when I was trying to like race to change my outer life. So, and I thought, well, I'll just be a science spinner for like a few months. I ended up like working at that company for like three years. And this is like in my late 20s when three years is like, oh, this is like the best years of my life. I wanted to be like this successful entrepreneur. So it took longer than I than I would have liked, but it was still the most fun I ever had. And I recognized that it was like the universe's way of giving me a, a, a training ground to start over again, because my life had literally shrunk to a street corner. Um, and I, I was able to start learning to be more open and social with people. And I was doing so in a very slow way that was helpful to me. Like I, I had, I was at the bottom, like I had a supervisor that would tell me to either spin signs or go clean the toilets. And I was just like, yes, yes, ma'am, I will. Um, so the, the, the reason I tell the story is because um, even when we start to work on our inner life and, and even when we really start to get in tune with our energy and all that, it's not going to be an escape from the challenges of life. It's just going to assist us with the challenges of life and, and help us feel more fulfilled from them. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that was the last thing I, I wanted to oh say. Oh my gosh. But just, I mean, I love it because you were open to it. You were allowing it to transpire oh, yeah. and transform. I was so like, I remember that when I interviewed for the job, because apparently you have to interview for a sign spinner job. It's like, can you spin a sign? Well, yes. Um, I remember the guy, he like, he like glanced, he was on his phone most of the time, but then he glanced at me and he's just like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, um, you're okay wearing costumes, right? And I remember just sitting there, I was like, what was it? 26 years old, I forget, or 27. And I'm just like, this is, this is what my life has come to. <laughs> and I was so, I was so thrilled. I like, I got the joke. Yeah. And because I got the joke, I wasn't suffering. And because I wasn't suffering, I I I think I improved my life a lot quicker from there. If if I were still suffering, I I'm sure I'd still be a mess to this day. Right. You surrendered to it. I mean, truly. I, did. I yeah. surrendered. 
And I wore that costume. Oh my gosh. It's so awesome. Yeah. Well, I love it. So how do people get in touch with you? Where do they find you? Uh, The best way is the website, The Standing Meditation. And you can find out more about my book there. And honestly, that's that's the number one way because I worked on this book for three years. I tell the story of everything I went to and I I give the, the lessons that the reader can apply. It's sort of like the book I... If if I could go back and give it to myself 15 years ago, I would. I'm thrilled with the way everything went, but that's the way I wrote the book. So if I could help someone else, then I'm, I'm a happy guy. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's just been wonderful to have you here. I've learned a lot myself. And um, yeah, it's been enlightening. So thank you. Well, it's honored to be here. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywelbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywelbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope strategies. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.